seconds just ask that his power falls ask for his presence ask for his goodness ask for his ask for his person many times we ask for blessings many times we ask for material things but this time ask for blessings ask for his mercy ask for his grace ask for his help let your fire, let your presence, let your person envelope us. Ask for God's presence, the tangible presence of the Almighty. Ask that he envelopes you. Ask that he fills you completely. Ask for a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Ask for a refreshing of the Holy Ghost. Oh Lord, we receive, we receive, we receive, we receive, we receive, we receive. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. <coughs> Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'll read from verse 4. I'll read from verse 3. Um, today's teaching is titled The Orientation of the Believer. Now start reading Colossians 1 from verse 3. Says we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which we heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in the world, and is bringing forth fruit, fruit as it is among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. 
that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of his son of the son of his love verse 14 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation for by him all things were created that are in heaven and are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body the church who in the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he may have preeminence hallelujah how many of us understand what i just read you know yesterday when we were doing prayer meeting and and sister christy was leading and she came to this passage i was thinking her oh, this woman is in the spirit <laughs> So we are going to spend maybe a couple of weeks or so looking at this passage. You might not fully understand now, but my prayer is that at the end of it, you would understand. So um, this prayer has two major parts, actually. It's divided into the first part, which is your walk with God. And the other part of that prayer speaks to your person in God, speaks to you're your standing in God. That's why the title is the orientation of the believer. So, number your walk with God and then a description of the person that you are in God. So, it's two things. The person you are, the things you do. And also in that prayer, you find the summary of the AAA, an introduction to the God that you we also serve. So, it's not just who you are in God. It is, who is that God? So, by virtue of who that God, because you can only define yourself by virtue of the God that you are in. If you are a traditional worshiper, then your context is in the context of, you are powerful in the context of the God that you serve. And also, you are powerful in the context of how much knowledge you have of the deity that controls your life. So, having said that, um, these are the two parts. So, the first part deals with... Um, our walk with God, and I'm just going to focus on verse 9 for today. We, we don't have a lot of time. And verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day, well, let me give you a brief intro into the book. So this is the book of Colossians. You have, this book was written by, obviously, Apostle Paul. He wrote it around the same time as the book of Ephesians. He sent it with, through the same, sent this book and the other, and Ephesians through the same person, Tychicus. And, you know, the, the, the church in Colossae was the pastor, like we read, Epaphras. Epaphras was like the pastor of the church in, in Colossae. And it wasn't just Colossae that was there. Was, there was um, the Laodicean, there was Laodicea not too far from them. There was Europolis not too far from them. And one of the things that the apostle paul always did with the, or did with all his letters was that he 
Even though he is addressing it to a particular church, the expectation is that the letter goes around all the churches. You know, people come to there and say, well, some of the things Apostle Paul said was just to to the Colossians. Then you might say, well, I don't, I'm not from, I'm, I don't live in Colossae. Why? It doesn't concern me. If you think like that, then which of the bi- books of the Bible concerns you? There was none that you you are not even there when when you you are not even a citizen of the country that Jesus came from. So it, 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 the the intention of the apostle, even though he wrote to address many times, he will write to address specific issues. But one of the things Apostle Paul did was that he always took those opportunities to address doctrinal issues, and and it is pointless if I address a doctrinal issue in in Colossae, and that teaching doesn't get to the people in Laodicea, or it doesn't get to the people in, in Ephesus, then the, the people in Colossae have a balance of scripture. The ones in Ephesians are suffering. And so Apostle Paul, he would write to Colossians and say, either you make copies or that same letter. Is That's why he, at one point he was saying, uh, give this letter to the people in Laodicea and also collect the one from Laodicea. The, it wasn't that he wrote a letter to the Laodiceans specifically. It was that the letter, the Ephesians, Ephesians that he wrote was in Laodicea at the time. So the idea was we are finished with, we've, we've read and understood the warning from, from Colossae. Take the one I wrote to them, take it to the Laodiceans, collect the apostle to the Ephesians, which was with the Laodiceans, take it, bring it to Colossae so that everybody can study and read and maybe make f- copies or whatever it is. And one of the reasons it was like that is because if there's something about Jews, Jews are very meticulous when it comes to making copies. So, for example, the the book of... Oh, by the way, who wrote the book of Job? Do you know who wrote the book of Job? Mm, I just check. If you don't know, you'll find it. But the, the thing is, the way they copy scripture is such that... So, let's say you are one of the scribes and and your own duty is to copy the entire book of Genesis. So, you copy in Genesis and copying and copying. And then you get to Genesis 49 and you make a mistake you don't correct the mistake as far as the jews are concerned that copy is tainted they destroy it you start again from genesis 1 verse 1. if you get to genesis 50 and you make another mistake you they destroy it so it's not like so it, it must be copied without error without any mistake with with, with that you know with you know it, it, that's how they reference the word of god and that is also how we must reference the word of God. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is great. The word of God is strong. But the word of God works to the extent to which we, to which we understand it. There is no point having 15 versions of the Bible on your phone if you can if you don't understand what you are reading. Philip got to the Enoch and what he said is, do you understand what you are reading? The power of the scriptures in, is in the understanding it furnishes. And so one of the things we must always strive for, and it is not it is not every time that you are reading. So one of the things we must strive for is for an accurate understanding of the word of God. Because many times, if you have a wrong picture of the word of God, sometimes it takes years to correct that picture that you have. And in the process, the devil might have hidden behind your incorrect understanding to deal with you, to take advantage of you. So we always, always that's why, 
one of the ways to strive for accuracy in the word of God is to be selective who you listen to. Many people, there are many servants of God, many of them genuinely called of God, but many people sometimes, um, how do I put it, preach scripture from the perspective of, from the colored lens of their own experiences or from their own side, or, or sometimes because there's an anointing that is quite strong in their life. Maybe the, the healing anointing is quite strong in a person's life, and then the person directs all their exposition of the word of God towards healing. What can happen is that the people might be strong in receiving their healing from God, but they might be weak in, in, in other things that pertains to God. So you must always strive for balance, and you must not listen to people that... You know, there are people you listen to and it's almost like they've completely destroyed the foundation of your faith and you feel the need to start rebuilding. Has it happened to you before? You listen to somebody and the first thing you want to do is go and read. <laughs> that Does John 3.16 actually mean what he said? <laughs> you know, different, different, you know, you listen to, especially people that become popular and then they come and make a careless statement. Like, are you even sure the, the Jesus died for the entire world? Of which what the person might be saying is that yes, Jesus died for the entire world, really, but not the the entire world would not be saved. But if that person does not, you know, don't make a statement that you might know, especially spiritual statement. Don't make a statement that you might not have the time to explain, because the way you have made that statement might be the reason for somebody else to give up on the person that is still managing. And then you make a statement like that, and you cannot buttress it from the scripture, and and you cannot you cannot explain it with more than any scripture you cannot explain with more than one verse. That interpretation is your personal property. No scripture is capable of private interpretation. You must have at least you know, me and my friends who were talking this week and there was a, a verse I sent to him and when I explained what my I understood of the verse one of the things we concluded is that when you get to church make sure you don't mention that verse <laughs> because until the reason is not because we think it's inaccurate, but because we've not, we still need to throw through the scriptures, find places where that same thinking, that same understanding is expounded. Maybe the Lord Jesus said it somewhere, or one of the prophets said it somewhere. And after you can now, when you know, the, as the reason the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. So, as a matter of safety, you must find. Bible passages that you are not bending to fit your narrative. You know, the Bible is so flexible that even people, you know, <laughs> Christianity is so, is so wonderful. Like, Dad was saying recently that, you know, some people will say they will fast just to destroy your life. Say, by the time I'm done doing 90 days of fasting, your life will be completely destroyed. People, people take the Bible and can draw whatever conclusion. I've told you before, somebody read the Bible and concluded that God is more of a murderer than the devil because God killed more people than the devil. You know, different, different. If the, That's why the scripture says the letter kills. It is the spirit that gives. If you read the Bible as a theological book, you will be confused because you are not meant to understand the book without the author of the book. That's the Holy Spirit. So one of the best things you can do for yourself is before you study scriptures, talk to the Holy Ghost. Say, um, where do I read? This, or this passage I'm about to read, please explain it in ways I have not seen before. If, if, there, if there is a misunderstanding that I have held on to, please show me. 
please reveal it to me. That's the difference between religion and, 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 and actual relationship with God. You speak to God, God speaks back to you. Read this one, don't read that. Do this, don't do that. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So that First Corinthians 9, verse 9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be so. The, the point is now: what is the prayer that they were praying? It says, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. So the first thing they asked for was not that their needs to be met, but that they will have an understanding of the will of God. So the first thing Apostle Paul asked for the Colossians here was knowledge of the will of God. So the question is, what is God's will? And what is the knowledge of God's will? And you know, uh, to show us, maybe I'll just read this one and then we are probably going to close, but let me show you a, a, a scenario in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 8. Okay. Acts chapter 8. Let me start from verse 4. It says, Therefore, so at this point, Apostle Paul was still named Saul. And, you know, he was, once he realized you were a Christian, he would jail you, whether you were a grown person or a small person. Apostle Paul was just persecuting, he was doing the devil's work zealously at this point. And so verse 4 says, so, okay, um, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. And you must know that one of the reasons God allowed this persecution to happen was that when the Lord Jesus was living, he said, go into all the worlds, Jerusalem, Samaria, just keep going like that, Judea, unto the uttermost part of the world. Our people decided to congregate. And the Bible says they were meeting daily, breaking bread from house to house, doing their they were they, in their own their own spreading their own idea of spreading was house going to house to house that wasn't a problem but the problem is that god didn't tell them to all sit in jerusalem so god needed a a, a an encouragement god needed to encourage them to step out of jerusalem and the, one of the encouragers was Saul. <laughs> throwing them in prison and dealing with them and passing and then they started to spread and in this case then philip went down to samaria you know i've told us a lot about philip before uh philip was one of the people that were there from do you remember nathaniel and philip philip was there with jesus from day one when jesus was choosing apostles jesus didn't choose him yet he didn't take offense you know, people in in the world now maybe because they were there when they were doing the foundation laying ceremony of the church uh, they feel they are big enough now to be held us and all that. Yeah, this was Philip. Philip who was there before people like Peter showed up. Yet yeah, Jesus chose us, apostles didn't choose him. But you will know that Philip was close to Jesus because when Jesus was going to feed the five thousand, the people the person he asked was Philip. And one of the reasons he asked Philip was because it was Philip's hometown. So Jesus was saying, Um, Philip, this is where you grew up. Uh if we were to buy enough bread to feed these people Philip was like, ah, <laughs> excuse me, sir. I know all the bakeries in this neighborhood. <laughs> they do not have the capacity to fill out these 5,000 people. So, you know, it means even though he wasn't a disciple in the 12, 
yet he had a close relationship with her that the lord would be jesus left the 12 to be asking philip how do we feed <laughs> these five thousand men not to talk of women and children and all that so now phil and at, of course philip also when the lord died and everything was around up even at the upper room philip was there because now it is the turn of philip to shine and in in hacks eight that's the context of this hacked eight verse four now say therefore those who are scattered went were preaching the word then philip went down to the city of samaria and preached christ to them and the multitude with one accord he did the things spoken by philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed and there was great joy in that city if this was the description of a geo in the world today what would all of us say all of us would be like oh my god he finally broke through to the third heavens and god is hearing his prayers and all that isn't that what we would say and then let's jump because of time to verse 26 says now an angel of the lord spoke to philip saying arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from jerusalem to desert and they put the comment there oh he said and go arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from jerusalem jerusalem to gaza and then they put a little comment this is desert is it in your bible he said this is desert you know why that little comment is there to let you know that the, the angel of the lord told philip to leave a great revival maybe they were doing seven days blind eyes opening lame people walking everything and in the middle of that revival the angel came and said pack your bag go and stand by the roadside and the scripture says this is dead now you're asking the evangelist who is conduct who is going to preach in the evening to go and stand by the roadside verse 27 says so he arose and went and behold, the man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasuries and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. Sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and take over this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone gets me, you can read the rest of it. At the end of the day, he baptized the eunuch. And as he was coming out of the water, the spirit caught him and he went to Azotus. As far as God was concerned, the, the revival, Philip's involvement in the revival in Samaria was done. That's why the angel said, pack your... Because if his involvement was not done, when the spirit caught him, the spirit would have returned him where? Back to Samaria. But your involvement in that revival is finished. Move on. Go somewhere else. And that is one of the things about the will of God, such that I, I will list a, a few characteristics of the will of God. But we must be careful because sometimes when things are working, it makes it, it can bring a feeling of I have arrived. The day you consider that you have arrived is the day the Holy Ghost has left you behind and you did not know. 
it doesn't mean the Holy Ghost left your life. It means that the Holy Ghost has the Holy Ghost is constantly moving. The, one of his is is compared to the wind. Have you seen the wind get somewhere and be like, okay? Have you seen it before? The wind is consistently moving because the wind has places to go. The Holy Ghost has a, things to do, and if you are working with Him, it is hope, your your duty must to keep up with Him. So the day you think because the Holy Ghost did something mighty somewhere, I am going to sit down there. The Holy Ghost will leave you there. So we must never camp around one experience. We must never camp around one revelation. We must never camp around around um one one great and mighty move of the holy ghost because when the holy ghost will continue to move you know i always i always uh, I, I read a, a powerful story there was um, i think it was in armenia there was this little young boy that that saw maybe 15 year old prophet he could see visions and everything and at the time he saw a vision and basically the vision was that people should start migrating from Armenia to the US and the people that listened started migrating the ones that didn't listen uh, you've heard of the Armenian genocide before one of the things they did in that genocide was that they they would park people in houses lock the doors and set the house on fire that was how they killed those people but the ones that listened to the prophecy started migrating. And you know, the Holy Ghost was leading them. They would want to stay here. The Holy Ghost would say, not here. Keep moving. Keep moving. Do you know where the Holy Ghost led them to? By the time, the Holy Ghost led them right into the middle of the Azusa Street Revival. That was where the Holy Ghost said, ah, your journey has, oh yeah, this is where you people must settle. You know, there were two families that came out of that migration. One was Shakarian, the man that started Full Gospel Fellowship. The second one was the Kardashians. The end. Yeah. The Lord bless us in Jesus' name. So, a few characteristics of the will of God quickly. that God's will is instructional. It is not an option. It is not an advice. It is not suggestion. When God, when God does not advise you, get the out of your country and your kindred is not that. It's not... Um, would you, you know, you know, they, they say something about the politeness of British people. The the police officer, the British officer is handcuffing you, still saying, Could you please, would you be kind enough to stand here? He's taking you to jail. Oh. Would you be kind enough to please sign this form? You know, you know, and sometimes, you know, people from our side of the world are not used to that kind of niceness. The, only, the, the police, they're from that area, they don't have your time. <laughs> Before they say please, they have slapped you back and front. <laughs> kind of. so, so sometimes you think because the British officer is being nice to you, he's going to let you off the hook. No. <laughs> so many times because God speaks gently, because the, none of us can withstand the, the actual voice of the Father. If you just hear the Father speak now, it means it's home time. You would have to go and you have to go and join him because you cannot, you cannot. You know, the Father spoke from heaven to the Israelites. The Israelites ran away and said, Mm-mm. "We we offer Moses as a sacrifice. Speak to him. If he dies, no problem. We'll choose another leader. But we." Don't speak to us anymore. So that's what they did. They offered, they offered Moses, the poor guy, like, you go and listen. If you die, it's fine. We'll choose another king, the lead leader, probably lead them back, right back to Egypt and all that. Or maybe God is, it's fine. God will choose another leader. So you just die. 
So, you know, so God speaks in a way that we understand. So, uh, one of the ways I think of the Holy Ghost is like, the Holy Ghost is God's step-down transformer. So, he, you know, the Holy Ghost is the embodiment of the power of God. So, he, 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 he dishes it in, he measures that you can, that you can handle. And uh, of course, the, the bigger you grow, the Holy Ghost does not waste anointing, doesn't waste empowerment. So, the size of your vessel is the size of what you get. When your vessel is bigger, you also get bigger. There is no wastage in God. So the instruction of God, the, the will of God is instructional. It's not an opinion, it's not an advice, not suggestion. Number two, the will of God is progressive and revelatory. The, the Basically, the last instruction is usually not the last instruction. What that means is the last one you had is not, doesn't mean it's not going to say anything else. Get out of your country, get out of your kindred and to the land that will show you wonderful. God, where are we going? God did not answer. Just pack your bag and get out. And and he started going, started going, and God started saying, okay, uh, camp here, okay, move there, eventually. And at the end, God said, uh, look left. You know, in the story of Lot, look, after Lot had separated, God said to Abraham, look everywhere, left, right, center, look around, including the place that Lot thinks he went. Everything I'm going to give to your children. Later, God says, oh, by the way, Isaac, your son, can I can I have him as a bond offering? So God always came, God would always come with us with his instruction, but many times because we don't, if we, one of the ways, if you feel like you are not hearing God like you should, one of the things you should do is go and check the last thing he said to you. If you didn't obey the last thing he said to you, because everything God says, everything God does is like they are building blocks that make your life into the edifice that God wants it to be. So when God says A and you obey it, it's like a block you have put on the building. And so if you don't do A, you are not nobody puts block on 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 here. It's not going to stand. So the Holy Ghost is likely not to instruct you on the next thing, because the for last thing is still pending. So if there's any one of us here that the Holy Ghost has been speaking to and you have been shaking your head, you are not you are you are going to have to struggle. You are going if God wants to have mercy on you, know that was saying this morning of the time he, he got into I was cracking myself basically. He said he got he, he got into a car, he was going to preach. And he sat in front, like he loves sitting in front. He said he sat in front and then at some point the Holy Ghost said, um, Francis, get out of this car. <laughs> One of the things that he said, also, he said, he said, Holy Ghost, let me give you two reasons why. Did you hear that part? He said, let me give you two reasons why <laughs> I'm not getting off this bus. Number one, I like sitting in front. Number two, I'm going to preach and I'm about to be late. He said the Holy Ghost left him and arranged the occasion where the owner of the bus insulted him until he got off. So he got off the bus and he said at some point he decided, okay, I will even see what will happen to this bus. So he wrote down the number, the plate number, wrote it on his arm and got into another car. You see that the way the Holy Ghost was working, he still sat in front and he went. He said they had not gotten too far when they met an accident in the road and all the people in that car basically were dismembered. And he said he screamed. And one, of, one, sent, one statement he made afterwards was that if he had died, he said he said he, he said how did he put it he said if that he would have just killed himself he didn't say the devil would have killed him he didn't say the en the enemies of his great grandmother would have killed him he said he would have just killed himself 
how many children of God kill themselves? Not not because you know you know you, you know you, have you wondered that you've heard of people that died and you are like ah that brother is so spiritual, that brother is so burning. Why did it have to be him? Have you has it happened before? Have you heard things like that before? That is why it is dangerous to question God. One of the conclusions that settled in my life forever and ever is that God is always right. The end. So I leave no room for. God, why didn't you? Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. God will always be just. God would always be righteous. God would always be right. So I've settled down. So when I'm starting, when I start to look for reasons why something didn't go the way it was supposed to go, the first place I check is is here. Like maybe they told me, and I didn't listen. Maybe somebody warned me, and I was I just brushed it off like mm, yeah, and then it happens. So God is so you know he said he would have just killed himself, and so we must make when we might know so that we don't not just kill ourselves physically, but also so that we don't kill our own spirit. Maybe also we don't so that we don't quench the Holy Ghost in us, so that we also don't 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 kill God's moves in our hearts in our lives. Those people journeyed all the way from Armenia, and God let them, let them, let them, let them right bang in the middle of Azusa Street Revive. And you know the kind of fire that was falling in that place. And God saved the people that stayed behind. All of them got burnt together in bunches like that. You know, so another another um, characteristic of the will of God is that it is non-negotiable. You miss God if you negotiate or try to water it down. So if you if God gives you an instruction and you water it down, for example, God says so, one thousand pounds, for example, and you said I'm going to Lord, I'm going to sow nine hundred and ninety-nine pounds. Whatever you have done, is not God. You know, half obedience is is incomplete obedience is is not is is disobedience as far as God is concerned. You either do all. Whether you, you either you do all or you don't do any because you have just given your money away for free. When God says do something, it is non-negotiable. God already knew that you will be able to do it and I will give you the grace to do it. So when he says do something, the quest, the, the next thing that should come out of your mouth is I receive grace to do it in Jesus' name. And you set about trying to do it. And many times, God that said do something has already made the way for you to be done. God that said get down off, off this bus, get on another bus. The, that God already knew that there was another bus coming behind, that the front seat was still free. So now imagine dying. I, imagine getting to heaven. And, and you are saying, God, this is way too early. What happened? And then God plays you a video and says, I said get off this one because this bus is coming behind you. And you see, if you look carefully in the front seat, there's nobody sitting there. <laughs> How do you think uh, such a person will feel? You know, many times because we don't know what's coming next, and that is one of the characteristics of the will of God. Many times because we don't know what the next thing will be, we are reluctant to take the first step. Of, of which the God that you serve, that we serve, is not going to tell you the entire story. If God tells you the entire story of how your life will go, many of you will run. The reason God did not tell you know Imam is interested. The reason God did not tell us the day will come back is because everybody will sin until twenty four hours to the day is coming. 
is that not what men Nigerians? <laughs> is that not what people will do? You think if God said, okay, if you announce one of that by the all of you get ready, I'm going to be back by April first, twenty twenty two. You think people will go to church again? People will take from now till March thirty one. 11.51, 9 a.m. Everybody will do chorus answer repentance one minute to the day. So if God was to tell us, like, okay, this is how you will go. This is how all the obstacles you will climb. These are all the valleys and all the mountains and everything. You will run. You will say, Kuku Kimi. Just, let's just, let me save you. Just, just take me home. In heaven, there is no, there is no mountain, no valley, no problem. Just take me home. So, so many times, God doesn't tell us the entire picture for our own good, for our own preservation, so that our faith would not fail. So as your faith grows and increases, then you you tend to get more info out of God. So another, so like I said, the will of God is not negotiable. Another characteristic of the will of God is that it is time and circumstance conscious. Time and circumstance conscious. That something was the will of God for you five years ago does not mean that something was the will of God for you five years ago does not mean it's still the will of God for you now. Benje. So it doesn't mean it's still the will of God for you now. And you know, it, it is, it is, let me, let me read the passage to show you what I mean. If you go to Genesis chapter 19, quickly, quickly, we're almost out of time. Genesis chapter 19 from verse 17. You see an interesting story there. This is the story, you know, Apostle was teaching us last week about, he was teaching us about people, about the story of, of Abraham and Abraham negotiating with God and saying, God, if you find 45, say, okay, for the sake of 45, if you find 35 and all that. So this is the rest of that story. Now the angels are in, are in Sodom. And verse 17 says, so it came to pass when they had brought them outside that he said, so this, the angels have brought Lot and his wife and his two daughters and said, escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plains. Escape to the mountain, lest you be destroyed. Verse 18, what does Lord say? Say, Then Lord said to them, Please know, my Lord. You never say no to God, ever. Say, Please know, my Lord. Verse 19, Indeed, now your servant has found favor. So now he found favor and he decided to start pushing it. He said, Has found favor in your sight and have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil overtake me and I die. The angel said, Go to the mountain. He said, No, I can't go to the mountain lest some evil overtake me and I die. The angel that said, Go to the mountain, did they not did they not think of your safety? Was it not your safety they were thinking of when they said go to the mountain? So Liz, he said, See now, verse 20. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's a little one. Please let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Already escaped there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zohar. So, the, so you, you notice that even, even because of Abraham, God even gave Lot a, a, a bit of leeway. He was, they said, get that, you are still negotiating, that can I go? That city was meant to be destroyed along Sodom and Gomorrah. But because of the favor that Lot found, God said, okay, can I go? So now because of Lot's, at least 
the city of Zohar was saved. Abi, that's what you would think. Let's go to verse 23. Then the son, um, is, it, is it verse 20? No, it's not verse 23. I'm trying to skip. Um, 30. Then Lot, Lot went out of Zohar and dwelt in the mountains, and his two daughters were there with him, for he was afraid to dwell in Zohar. The angel said, Go to the mountain. You said no. Abby, you want to go to Zohar. Now you saved Zohar, and then you didn't stay in Zohar. And then you remembered, Oh, the mountain that the angel said. But you know how that story turned out. Eventually, he impregnated his two daughters because the timing. The, the timing for the mountain had passed. It had, it had already passed. The, the, the covering that was with, you know, as I was reading this passage, what dropped into my spirit is, I don't, I don't have any, let me put the disclaimer, that I don't have any theological proof for it. But it just occurred to me when I was reading that, you know, um, what do you call it, shepherds, they always take their flock near the mountainside and all that. How do you know that it was possible that the shepherds of Abraham would have found him and his children on the mountain? That's what occurred to me. Like they could have, it could be that those shepherds were, you know, that's where Moses encountered God, burning bush. He took to the other side of Horeb. That's where they, they could have, he could have just ah, my Lord, sir, what are you doing here? We ran away from Sodom. They would have just brought him right back to Abraham. But he chose to go to the mountain after God said go to the mountain. If you decide, if you now wake up two years later and decide to do what God said you should do, you might you might find out that you know it's 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 one of the things that happens when men are like okay, um, you know maybe you, uh, you there was a lady in secondary school that you people liked each other and you were thinking you marry you marry you marry and then you went separate ways. And then you jam each other on, on the train after 10 years. And you think that matter is still where that matter used to be. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm happy to announce to you that that matter is no longer where it used to be. <laughs> because, you know, you've now gone in different ways, different experiences. You've known different things. You've when I'll, I'll close with this story. When I was at the uni... Uh, myself and my two friends, we, we went to New Boca to go and eat. And, you know, we, we had finished eating and then we were coming out of the Bucateria and we saw there was people shouting, shouting. And, you know, university students, year one, you also want to go and see what they were shouting about. Do you know what, what happened? A, a lady challenged a dude to a drinking contest. So they started. And at the point of view, we were shouting, brother man could no longer feel his face anymore. The dude was super drunk. He couldn't even walk. The guy was standing and falling and everything. The lady was just fine. She was just fine. <laughs> Deliver us from temptation. <laughs> the lady was just... So you don't know the kind of experiences that... There are people I've had, and then you not jam yourself 15 years later and say, ah, the Lord showed me that I should marry you that time. I want to do it now. 
that's how you marry Delilah and Herod. Herodias put together. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So we'll, st- we'll just stop here today and 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 continue. let me just mention the last two. The the will of God many times. Another ca- characteristic of the will of God is that it is beyond your understanding, and then it fulfills a purpose that you are unlikely to fully comprehend on this side of existence. Many times you will never know the full extent of your obedience until you get to heaven. Your obedience could be the reason. One 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 person, it was one person that prayed for, uh, that you know, it was one person that prayed for, what is this, Billy Graham. When you imagine the number of, the, the, the ripple effect of that kind of thing. So like I said, the, the will of God fulfills a purpose that you are unlikely to fully comprehend on this side of existence and i also said earlier that many times the will of god is beyond our understanding and then finally that the will of god does not always come with a reason or an explanation god does not owe you an explanation have you seen a servant when the lord says do this and the servant says says, let's talk about this why when and have you seen it before the same way a Lord will tell his subordinates, go, go. The difference is that God can, with time, God can have mercy on you and now start to show you things concerning that thing. But you would have first obeyed. You would have first obeyed before you know any further about that matter. And the Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. So wherever, we'll continue from here next week, wherever you are just bowed on your heads. And just respond to the Lord that this week the Lord will give you a picture of his will for you. And if there is anything that the Lord has been saying to us that we have not been listening, repent. This is a good chance to repent. If God has been speaking things to you and you have just been, you've been, as a general rule, by the time, if, if a thought comes to your spirit and you bind it and it did not go, it, it might be the Holy Ghost speaking. And also the fact that the Holy Ghost, God never asks you to do things that are, the devil will never ask you to do anything that will enhance the will of God for your life. The devil will never ask you to give to God. The devil will never ask you to pray. The devil will never ask you to read your Bible. The devil will never ask you to engage in any spiritual activity that can enhance you or anybody around you in any way. So even before you start to bind any thought that came to your spirit, gauge it. Would, would the devil ever help God in your life in any way? The answer is no. So you, you can quickly deal with that matter like that. So just respond to God and say, Lord, help us. Lord, help us to have an understanding of your will and give us the grace to do it. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. If you have your offering, just raise it up. Um, if you don't, if you need to do bank transfer and all that, just raise up your right hand. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence in our midst. Thank you for your grace in our midst. Thank you for your word of life. Thank you for the impartations. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for that which you have done in us. Father, we ask that you help us to understand, to know your will. Let your will be clear to us. Speak to us in plain language and give us the grace to understand in the name of Jesus. Lord, as these people lift up their offerings unto you, we ask that you bless it, use it for your glory, and multiply goodness and graciousness unto them in the name of Jesus. Father, as we go this week, we commit all our ways unto you. And you said through your servant that this week is the week of visitation.
we key into that word and receive our own visitation in the name of jesus visit us mightily visit us in a great and in a good way and that next week we would have testimonies to the glory and the praise of your name thank you father in jesus name we pray um let's share the grace as we finish the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the sweet fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore in jesus name amen so i posted the um the january prayer focus and the january confession in the group you will do well to read it and 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 confess those things and pray those prayers for yourself and then our scripture that we confess every sunday isaiah 50 verse 7 you say after me for the lord my god will help me therefore i will not be disgraced therefore i have set my face as a flint and i know that i'll not be put to shame if you will not be put to shame this week shout hallelujah the lord bless you have a wonderful week in jesus name